Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 9. I'm Michael John Simpson. My co-caster, Ash Jones, and I started this podcast to give voice to our passions. This week, our guest is actress, singer, dancer, and all-around super talent, Bonnie Gordon. Bonnie was recently a contestant on the fantasy immersive reality competition series, ABC's The Quest. Ash and I sat down with Bonnie to talk about immersive reality competition TV shows, growing up different, her lifelong career performing at amusement parks, renaissance fairs, Tony and Tina's wedding, the Star Trek experience, the Second City Conservatory, the Magic Castle, Tales of the Extraordinary, Dungeon Master, Adventure, and Batman Death Wish, her childhood influences, and her upcoming project, The Library Bards. Hey, let's listen to the thing! Here's episode 9 of the Something Something Experience. Or with a gypsy show, which is almost the same. Thing. <laughs> um, so you found the place, okay? Good, good. Yeah. Cool. So, well, you've been a super duper busy lady. I have. Yes. I have been. Yeah. I mean, the quest. Wow. I mean, network television. That. Oh. I mean, that's that's got to be like. It was crazy. So different than other stuff I, you've you done, know, or I wasn't even expecting to go for it because I'm not a fan of reality TV. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we're I, was like, I was like, wait, what's going on? We don't, on? We don't like, have any uh, uh, pump and circumstance. We just kind of oh, go. He just, press, he just presses play. And it's I know. Time. I was like, what's yeah. happening? Oh, it's, it's, it's happened. Yes, it started. It's happened. So can it's I started. ask you something? Like, sure. You know, behind the scenes? Yeah. Do, ask, ask away. Can we tell, just dispel the, 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 the myth that reality TV is reality TV? It is scripted. Here's the thing, degree, though. Right? Here's the thing. You know, uh, hearing all the horror stories of reality TV, this is one of the reasons why I didn't want to go for the quest. When I... I know it's kind of a... Um, contradicting itself because it's a fantasy reality mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. But the quest I feel was like one of one of the most reality based mm. reality shows because they wanted it, us completely immersed in the world. Mm. So like the characters are in character; they never broke character, even if there were no cameras around. Mm. We were living in that castle, even when there were no cameras around. We had to be in period dress, eating period food. Oh. You know, like there was no coffee, no caffeine, no sugar, no. Um, which sucked for me because I'm a coffee person. The first week was rough. I think all of us went through caffeine withdrawal the first week. Oh yeah, sure. But I mean, you know, there was no indoor plumbing. I mean, they were really trying to keep us completely immersed. Wait, were you like using latrines and stuff like that? Yeah, we were using. We had to be escorted outside of the castle if we had to. So, for people that don't know what the quest is, can you explain what it is? Uh, It's it's basically a immersive reality show where they took twelve people from across the country who were willing to completely immerse themselves in it like a fantasy world who were big into fantasy and sci-fi and LARPing and whatnot. And uh, they literally threw us into this world that we were surrounded in 360 degrees, 24 hours a day, like uh, for an entire month living in Everrealm. I mean, they, they went into so much detail to where even the crew was dressed in costume to where we didn't know if, who was an extra, who was a crew member, who was Ooh. an actor who we were going to meet later in the story. Like we had no idea... Where, where did they shoot? Austria. We filmed Austria. in Austria. Beautiful. And you know what's wow. funny is they don't they didn't tell us anything. Like going into this, I mean, they could have been like some crazy people, you know, <laughs> selling us to, you know, as like sex slaves or something. I mean, that's an awful thing to say. It could have been Eli Roth. It could have been, it could have been <laughs> that level of, because of, we didn't know any of the details. They kept it so secret. They, we were just told we needed a passport, you know, show up at the airport at this date, you know. So I show up and I give them my passport and uh, the lady's like, oh, you're heading to Vienna. I was like, I am? <laughs> Are you serious? That's amazing. She's like, you don't know where you're going? I'm like, I do now. You know, it's great. You know, and they didn't I, tell us any details. And then 
we arrive at the airport and there's someone holding her name up, you know, with the thing, and they, you know, we we can't really talk, you know, we're, we're held in a hotel room for a few days, but completely um, taken away from the outside world, like no TV, no newspaper, no nothing. Wow. So literally, so the, the first time you you met your 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 teammates was when was that you... day in the tunnel when, and I know oh. they they edited it very quickly because it was supposed to be like a two hour premiere and it got um, put down to a one hour season premiere, but. That first moment of all of us meeting each other, mm-hmm. we were on that raft, and it was just like, I'm from here, I'm from there. You know, we were going crazy because we hadn't talked to an actual person in days. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time all of us meeting each other, and we were just so excited. And I get to, and a part of me was like, maybe we should be paying attention to what's happening. We're on this raft with this creepy guy in a hood, you know, everything's <laughs> misty, we have no idea what's happening. You know, they just literally, um, Threw us in this tunnel. Like, they didn't, they don't tell us anything. Like, we're mm. blindfolded. We don't know where we're going. Wow. You know, um, that's exciting to me, but it might have I mean, it's, a, it's amazing. And then basically, <laughs> they take our blindfolds off and shut the doors, and we're in the cavern of with that long, that long stone. And there was a long walk. And, and I know in the shot, it looks like we're just walking a few feet yeah. and then we meet everyone. Like, we're lo- we're walking for a long time down this dark <laughs> tunnel where we don't, and we have no idea Rats what's happening. And yeah, and I'm like cold and like touching the walls going, oh gosh, what's happening? Is something going to jump out? Is this part, is this a challenge? Am I going to get killed on the first day? You know, I don't know what's happening. It sounds like it was really immersive. Yeah. It was really very cool. immersive. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Did you get, like, you guys get like line producers telling you, oh, you should do no, this? Should do nothing, that. No, nothing. Nothing. There was so no direction. So it was completely, utterly improv on you yes, guys' part. Yes, yes. A lot of the, so a lot of the reactions you saw was our genuine, you know, reaction. Something would happen in all of our faces. And we're, you know how we're still kind of frozen, not saying anything? It's because we have no idea what so the hell is really going on. So they really told you nothing. The, the only, we got all of our direction from the characters. Like, Whoever the character. Like, they would come and wake us up. You know, Sir Ansgar would come, throw us for things. We had no idea what was going to happen next. Creo would be like, run! And we'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, we had no idea. Um, what was... The only day we had any kind of direction in in any way was I feel the finale and that was more for safety purposes because they wanted it to be some you know some epic battle and plus all of us had already been banished so now it was more of a alright guys you know you're still immersed in this world Mm -hmm. but obviously you know like the you know the spell had been broken you know we had you know um, sitting up in the fates you know hanging out in a a, you know portrait for a couple days you know you really get to think things over you know what I mean right after um, after living in that in that uh uh, replicated kind of like you know yeah. period uh, location. <clears throat> would you, if given the chance, would you travel back in time and, and live in that time period? Or I would just to experience it. I mean, it was unbelievable. But here you go. Ever Realm was a controlled environment where right. they weren't going to be like, yeah. she's a redhead, stone her, you know, yeah, because yeah, of her hair is a fire. Burn her, she's a witch. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to die of, of the plague or dysentery. Exactly, or exactly. You're not gonna, you know. And you know, even though we didn't have uh, baths and showers, you know, on a regular basis we did have you know buckets of water and soap and clean water to wash things you know they didn't have much of that back then either you know what i mean and and we also had you know clean water to drink and stuff like that so you know it's a different world we were you know we got ever realm has nice filters let's put it right right. first thing i would do coming back home was go to mcdonald's (laughs) first thing i did back in the real world was order a cheeseburger a milkshake a coffee a French fries, dessert, all at the same time. Tanker truck of coffee. The lady was like, "Are oh, you want this all at once?" I was like, "Yes, ma'am." Yes, I do. I'm an American. I want yes, all this at once. I do. <laughs> and then I got. I remember going back to when we were back in the airport. Um, I remember I literally ran to the Starbucks, and it wasn't open yet because we got to the airport like 4 a.m. You know, 
to fly back to America and I was just like are you kidding me like I was literally at the doors like <laughs> clawing at it like <laughs> I need a white chocolate mocha or I will die you know it was how's, painful how's this gonna work are now that's gonna, a horror movie are there, <laughs> yeah, right no. are there gonna be like any uh, second season third season we're or? hoping I mean the producers are not gonna let it die easily um, you know ABC it didn't do as much as we'd hoped when it came to advertising and you know mm. promoting the show and and supporting it, but I mean, you guys have seen the stuff yeah. with like the Quest Army and right, right. and the producers. I mean, they're behind it one hundred percent, and you know, we're not going to let it go quietly. Well, I, I we saw are a fighting pictures of it. you in your costume at a con. With, right. With, well, with uh, we went to the Long Beach Marathon. Right. Okay. Lena and I, right. they mailed us our costumes about a week or two ago. Nice. The producers uh, got that for us, which was amazing. That was a nice surprise. We right. weren't expecting to get anything. Right. Um, There's such a huge audience for that, though. I mean, it's, it's almost it really like it tells itself. It almost, I, you know, a, a part of me wishes that for the first season got re-aired somehow to kind of show the world, hey, this is what aired last summer that could have been a huge hit. Let's give it, give it the, another let's shot. give it the viewers that it deserves. Right, but it kind of right. loses the effect because then you lose that competition aspect. Right, of it, right, right. You know. So it, there was another. There's one other reality show, reality competition type right. show that was immersive that that that. Um, that, that what you're describing uh, reminds me of, and it was back in 2000. It was called uh, Murder in Small Town X, where oh, a bunch like of contestants fun. were brought brought together and put into a serial killer ta- small town full of characters, full of people who are oh actors who play the people in the town, and you get to know all these characters. And there's a serial killer, and they to have to solve the mystery. And at the end of every episode, two people are sent out on a challenge to investigate a place. And one of them survives, and one of them and finds a clue, and one of them gets killed That's by the amazing. serial killer and pulled off the show. What? That's and amazing. The guy who won died in 9-11. He was a firefighter in New York and wound up dying oh, in one of the awful. towers of 9 And it was weird. Because here's this guy who sounds like a great show, just won this reality contest show. And then he winds up dying very shortly after. It kind of reminds me a little bit about that whodunit show that we right, did. Right. And that was, I think, ahead of its time, too. I think... It was executed a little strangely. Like I was, I watched it, but at the same time, I was watching it going, "Oh, it's so cheesy." But I'd still watch every episode. Have you done other like mystery theater or things? Oh like yeah, that? yeah. I, mean, yeah. I love, I love um, interactive theater. I mean, I was always big into theater, which is um, part of the reason why I love fantasy and sci-fi so much mm-hmm. is creating characters and and living them. And this was the first time I felt like, oh my gosh, I get to live in a fantasy world as myself. You know, I always get to create these fantasy worlds and, like, create this crazy character that I live in as this, you know, heroic entity. But now I'm the hero. Like, mm-hmm. me, Bonnie. Like, right. that was that was what made the quest so special is that, you know, I never thought I could be some a person that would, like, inspire people to mm-hmm. that level or be a hero in that capacity because, you know, I'm, like... Not the most physically fit person, and when you, you know, not when, the. Yeah. When you look at, at uh, fantasy literature in particular, the hero is always the underdog. It's always the one that's right. that is the weakest. The everyman, yeah. Which right. is why, which is why, growing up, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit was so special to me because I was, you know, the ugly duckling growing up. I had uh, twisted legs. I walked funny. I talked funny. I had the glasses, the buck teeth. I mean, I was just, I was just. <laughs> All kinds of crazy, you know. Well, look at you now. You're on uh, national television. Yeah, now well, you're on national TV. It, yeah, oh, wait, on I, network TV. Which I is... hope. It, I mean, I guess it just proves that everything comes full circle. To yeah. where you know, I always try to stay very true to myself, and mm-hmm. you know, growing, up, you know, getting pranked on and picked on growing up is just it make and it kind of makes you stronger. You know, right. having that 
experience to where um, you try not to take anything for granted and you try not to, you know, when you see someone on the street that, you know, people are picking on or seeing as different, I try to see them in a fresh light and go, okay, how would I react to the situation if I was in their shoes? You know, like I've been there, I've been that dorky kid with the high watered pants and like the funny walk and the, you know, getting spit on. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ever want to put anybody else, everyone else in that, anyone else in that position, especially if I'm, you know, if I'm involved in any way, like how can I, you know, change the situation around and elevate kind of get, that yeah, kind of get people, that, that. kind of get people around to realize, hey guys, this is not cool, you right? Know? Right. Yeah, I, I, feel under- like I understand they're different. Mm. Let's not so put them in the limelight. You know, in the, 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 the us nerds that get bullied. I mean, yeah. they don't realize that we're we're going to be victorious later. We're going to be taking yeah. over the world. Yeah. I mean, we're the nerds <laughs> are the to... ones working. You know, all the technology. Yeah. And now look at the nerd culture. It's it's taking yeah. over tenfold. It's yeah. kind of. Mm kind of a phenomenon really yeah. like Karma. if i knew you know like growing up like all the stuff that i was into and and you know all the things that i thought were so cool but all my friends were like whoa bonnie you're weird uh you know and now it's like that's the cool thing i'm just like mm-hmm. dude I, this was cool i made this cool you know like this is yeah yeah i was wearing bowling shoes back in the you know <laughs> back in middle school no one got how cool these were yeah you know? yeah I started these trends. Yeah. Even video games, I feel when I was a kid, they were not po- they were not popular. Like, yeah, no, they were just yeah. kind of like yeah. oh, mini games. Yeah, you're such oh, a nerd. Man. You're you're inside all day. Super Nintendo, right? Right. right. <laughs> now even like you know jogs and normal people play video games. It's like cool. Everybody plays video games now, right? Yeah. yeah. So you grew like up in- I almost don't play video games as much as like I played video games more when I was younger and growing up than I do now, just because now it's just like. I wouldn't say because it's the cool thing to do and I'm like, oh God, no, like hipster wise. But it's just, there's just, it's too much. You know, it's almost overstimulating to where I, I don't have the time or right, the energy yeah. to become addicted to another game right, or addicted right, to another right. another um, passion. It's yeah. like, oh God, I have so much already that I well, put so much energy into. You're very busy and, and, yeah. and you, let's go back to, you grew up in, in Louisiana, Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. And did you start in local theater and things like that there? Yes. Or did that happen yeah. more after you moved out here? No, I always have done theater. That's where I, I felt like I most belonged, you know? Mm-hmm. I was always picked on uh, when I was younger. But then I discovered theater. And I was very hyperactive. I was like very ADHD, hyperactive, um, always all over the place. Um, and theater gave me a way to channel my energies. And I was really good at like doing crazy voices and just being mm-hmm, off the wall mm-hmm. characters that, um, you know, and I was a big avid reader with fantasy and sci-fi to where it was just the next logical step where I felt like I found my people where even if they, you know, at first weren't, um, warm to me, you know, cause when Completely I was, embracing when I, yeah, exactly. Or... I felt they still respected me in some way because right. I had, you know, um, something you could bring to the table. Something I could bring to the table, right. and okay. I was, and it was something I was actually good at, which, right. which I hadn't had that growing up. You know, I was mm-hmm. not good at sports. Mm-hmm. I was not good at anything to that degree. I was, you know, I was, I was pretty decent in school. I was, um, you know, always straight A's, straight B's, uh, on a roll, and always had good grades. I, kn- I would never study because I hated you know studying, right. but I could read something right before a test and, and ace the test, which was a nice thing to have. That's cool. That probably helps, that, that talent probably helps with scripts and memorizing mm-hmm. lines. Right. And exactly. Especially when you're, some of the things that you do 
are a very kind of okay. We're putting this together last minute right. before we do it. Things like Dungeon Master and, and Adventure, exactly, like and the those, day of, right? The day of you're doing a rehearsal, right? Improv a lot of it. Uh, you know, so I've always loved theater. I've always loved speech and drama. I just felt it was um, a way to channel that imagination of mine. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted when doing the quest was people to go, oh, she's doing this for like her 15 minutes of fame. Because that's how why a lot of people do right. reality But no, this is, and this is what you do. This I was mean, like, the little nerd in me was like, if you don't do this, if you don't go pick up that sword and fight the evil, you know, you will... You know, like my, the little girl inside of me would right. never have forgiven me. If I had... A, knowing what I know now, like if I'd have gone for the show, I'd be like, ah, no, you know, I'm just not going to do it. And then watched it. You would have been on, mad I would have been furious. Yeah. I would, so... Are what? you kidding me? I could have lived in a castle with a sword and with dragons and oh, like Amazing. that's my dream, you know. Were a lot of your your castmates were they from the same ilk as you, or were they? Did I'm, I'm, were there people who were just looking for their fifteen minutes of fame, or were they also people who were had a performing kind of uh, urge background, nerdy a little, background? I would feel like a little bit of both. Some people it, out of the paladins never really performed ever, you know, right. like they, it wasn't like even in a thing. They were just, you know. Um, which I, I think in all honesty, all of us had some, uh, the, the way they casted the show was they wanted people that were going to let everything go and to completely immerse Immerse themselves themselves. in the world. I mean, that was like a big, every interview I did or every like step of the way for the show, like every time they made a cut, that was their big thing. Look, you're going to have to completely immerse yourself. And I'm just like, let's bring it on. Like. You know, and they don't want you in a character. They want you as yourself. They don't want you to put on, you know, oh, hello, love. Oh, look at me in every realm. You know, they don't want that. (laughs) That's the last thing they want. (laughs) They wanted us to be ourselves. They wanted us to embrace it and be like, how would you react if you were literally... Time scoop came up. Time scoop and and a big magical, you know, amulet to just suck you up into this world. And here you are. Like, now this is your chance to prove that you have what it takes to... You know, save a kingdom, and it was nice. it was unreal. I mean, you know, everyone in our group was, you know, big and in, into the fantasy, sci-fi, everything from even like superheroes, and you mm-hmm. know, Ashondo. I know wasn't very big onto the fantasy uh, aspect of it, but he, you know, he's you know, Ghostbusters, Superman. You know, he's big into the superhero thing, and that's where that's where he latched onto it, where he could relate to it. Cool. Like, this is my chance to be a superhero. Nice, nice. Um, you know, Adria was really big in LARPing. I mean, if you look at her, you know, she's been LARPing for years mm-hmm. and years and years, and mm-hmm. goes goes really into it. Jasmine, Christian, they all do Ren fairs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, J- Jasmine's a belly dancer and you know s- sings at Ren fairs with a, a choir right. um, of women, and, and Christian performs stunts at the Ren fairs. You know, and this is just stuff that we do. It's not like we're, you know, none of us do this for the money. Right. God knows there's no money involved no, in this. No, no, I went no, on... no. It's all for the love of doing it. Exactly. Mean, a lot of things, especially with the rent fairs, if you got to pay to be there, I mean, you got to yeah, you so pay time for your own you're, expenses. Yeah, your half of the thing. time you're losing money, right, you know, right. being there. But you're doing it because that's what you, you have to because you right. love it. I went on tour with um, like this gypsy show that pretty much traveled from rent fair to rent fair mm-hmm. for a couple months. And, you know, there were times where we, like, we'd get paid a little bit, and I'd be like, woohoo, money! And then there'd be times where I'd be like, do we have stuff to eat? Like, we're yeah. getting a tortilla, and, like, covering yeah. it in peanut butter, and yeah. like, all right, guys, this is all we got. Yeah, and, yeah. It was, it was always a hit or miss. We had no idea what was going to happen next, but I wouldn't change that experience for the world. You know, getting to travel from mm. Rin Fair to Rin Fair. And well, I'm curious, live. what type of food do you guys eat at the show? In the on the quest, yeah, it was very period. I mean, they kept it very healthy. It was all natural, but that's how they eat in Austria. You know, mm. like 
we Americans, we're all pretty bad yeah, when it comes yeah. to our food. It's all food. prepackaged stuff. They, it's awful. It's, but I mean, we had like fresh vegetables, you know, legs of mutton, you know, uh, meats. And you know, every morning we'd have like these, you know, fruits and, and, and breads and cheeses and, you know, the, you know no coffee. But I mean, you can tell while you're watching the show, as the show progresses, we get leaner, our skin is glowing, like we just get a lot healthier because you're, yeah, all we're the We're eating all natural out. foods right. and we're eating healthy meals and also we're being so active. Like literally, I would, I would eat a plate, like we, when we'd have time to eat, I would just be like golfing it down because my body had never been so active in right. its life and it's like, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. You know, pile up the core, the carbs, yeah, Bonnie, because yeah, yeah, you're gonna need yeah, it tomorrow. I'm yeah. just like, oh god, what's do tomorrow you, gonna do be? Do you miss it? Because I remember I went to Austria uh, six years ago, but it was just I was I was passing through. Mm-hmm. I stayed there for a day, and it was so beautiful. We didn't get to see pretty much any of it. I mean, we were really in Everrealm. We were in, we were like we were in the castle in the woods. I mean. If they hadn't told us where we were going, I would have not known we were in Austria. Oh. I had no idea. We had no idea where we were. How long were you guys shooting for? An entire month. A month. As people were banished, they got to, you know, experience more of Austria. Like, some of the people that were banished early, you know, it's almost like they got, you know, a they free, put up in a hotel a and free, free vacation. vacation. Yeah, they're in the hotel. Right. They're going out to do concerts, going shopping, doing day trips. But as it got closer to the finale, uh, like, Patrick and I, I know we didn't get to sightsee pretty much at all, like... Uh, as soon as I was banished, you know, I got like a night. You held out. Something. You held out toward the end. And yeah, quite a long it was, time. I was very, uh, very fortunate. I was. Uh, I did not expect to last that long, especially when I the first day looking at some of the people we're going up against. I was like, I'm gonna have to fight against these guys. You know, looking at like Andrew and Shonda, but these big guys <laughs> that are so strong. I was like, there's no way I can beat them in a fight. You know, there's right. no way. Right. So, thank goodness for, you know, some of those mental challenges that yeah, saved me in the right, end. I was like, right. oh, thank goodness. Well, so, what was, um, so you grew up in, in Louisiana and mm-hmm. you did some performing in school. What was the first uh, gig you got in, in that, like in uh, the entertainment realm? I wouldn't say it was a gig. The first big theater thing I ever did, I didn't get paid for it or anything. It was just, you know, I was 12 and it was at a local college, and they were doing like this big show that was like a night of Broadway, you know, where it was like a every Broadway show, like you know, clips or not clips, but you know, segments right. from every show and songs. And they were looking for children to be in the show as well to do stuff from The Sound of Music, to do stuff from um, Oliver and Annie. And mm-hmm. so they were going to pick one girl to be Annie to come out and sing tomorrow, and. I got it, and I was like, I was so excited because wow. I was the, you know, I was not the, the pretty, you know, cute. I was like, you know, I was like, kind of, you know, chubby and, and weird looking, and you know, but they they didn't cast me on looks. It was all, and theater is theater is very forgiving right. when it comes to that. You know, in Hollywood, it's so hard to pursue something like acting right. when you know when you're more of a character actor or if you're you know. If you're not like that Hollywood look, right? If you look at if you look at guys, they all have the, all the leading men have the same jawline. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's, it's a look. Whereas the theater, look. it's about your performance. It's about your talent because when you know you're on stage, the light when the lights hit you, most people can't even tell. No. So and I you're was made up heavily. Exactly. And, and stage makeup is way different from film from film makeup. Exactly. It's, was this it's, before or after the the '90s Annie movie? Oh, this was before. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking. No, this was. 
Well, right. Annie was big on Broadway, I believe, in the seventies, and there was the eighties yeah. Annie movie with uh, with Carol uh, Burnett. Uh, Carol Burnett's Carol Burnett. my hero. Yeah, Carol Burnett, and yeah, um, I was a big. Carol I got to play Miss Hannigan so. out here, and um, there's like a little children's theater where they only oh. cast kids um, for the roles, but every now and then they'll cast one or two adults for like you know Daddy Warbucks or some of the older characters. Um, but they have to be able to look young to where they could right. pass for kids. Right. And right. I'm fortunate enough, especially yeah. when I first moved out here, you know, right. back in 08, that I looked pretty young to where they're like, well, she could pass for high school. Maybe. Right. So they cast me as Miss Hannigan. I was like, I'm Miss Hannigan. Yeah. <laughs> My dream. It's like, I'll never get to play this until I'm like 80, you know? So, so you moved out here in 2008. So what were you, what were you doing, um, between like when you were 12 and, and when you moved out here in 08. Well, that's like, a big gap. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, would, I started doing a lot of music. I would sing in New Orleans on uh-huh. the weekends, but I started doing that when I was like 16, 17 years old. So really early, like in bars and pubs. Right, you know? bars and pubs, right. And Because um, that's kind of I've, a lot of the work that I've seen. I mean, we've been Facebook friends for a long time, yeah. and I've seen a lot of your pictures. I mean, jazz I'm, I've cyber-stalked yeah. you and seen Yay. a lot of your performance pictures and stuff. Oh, and, thank you. And so, you know, I know that you do a lot of stage work and a lot of, like, um, what's it, like, almost like cabaret or, or, right. or um, uh, like... Doors Day, the theater, the theater or... show at a theme park kind of stuff. Or yeah. Did you ever do any, like, cruise ship work or any of that? No cruise okay, ship. Okay, okay. No cruise ship. But, you know, I was, I was, um, I, I was also a church singer. I would mm-hmm. sing for weddings and funerals. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and during mass, I would, I was a cantor. So, I, music was always a big part of, of me. Um, and writing music and, and, and singing, it was just... It, it's what makes me happy. Do you still write music? I do. I do. In fact, I'm writing a lot more now, especially since uh, I got that new project coming up called The Library Bars, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Hurricane Katrina hit. I was in college, Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina hit, and that just kind of, you know, turned everyone's world upside down. Decimated I was lucky Norman's. enough to where I, I didn't, like, lose my home or, you know, didn't lose anything physically. But the whole state—well, well, not even that—the whole state was in financial ruin, and I was going to a college where, you know, being a theater major, the arts was the first thing to get cut, especially when they brought like three thousand new students from New Orleans okay. to our small little college town. You know, we had to clothe and feed these people, and, and you know, find a place for them in our classroom. So, like a classroom that was like twenty people was now a hundred. You know, it was mm-hmm. just it it. And they were cutting scholarships left and right. I was lucky that I kept mine in the beginning. But I just felt like why... The only reason why I stayed in Louisiana was because um, of scholarships and whatnot mm-hmm. to where it was going to be, you know, affordable education. And I was like, if, if I lose that, then there's no point in me staying here. I felt like I felt like it was a sign almost to where, you know what, why don't you... This is a way to push yourself out. It's a perfect excuse for you to to leave and try something, go on an adventure. Okay. So I, I moved to Orlando and worked mm-hmm. for Disney World. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 And... Oh, what what year? Uh, 2006. May 2006. Oh, I worked there in 2007. Oh, we just missed each other. Yeah. I was, um, I was there for uh, almost a year uh, through a friend I got in. Uh-huh. And I used to work the uh, the Fantastic Show. I used to be that guy <gasps> with the suspenders <laughs> selling toys <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show the first <laughs> 10 years. Love that. Yeah. What did you, uh, what did you, were you one of the characters? Uh, no, no, no. I did, uh, I was a tour guide at the Backlot Tour. Did a little bit of mission space. If I, got, oh, I was oh. a space cadet. When were you doing the uh, the Scooby-Doo thing show? That was later. That was okay. um, out here in, in, Orlando, or in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, when I first moved out here. 
And I literally just that, did that for like two months. Um, okay. I didn't do that for very long. But um, you were, were you working at Universal here? Yeah. Okay. And okay. I just I was I was I got cast as Scooby and was a character at Scooby. It was fun. It was yeah. super fun. But uh, I got pulled from that to do the special effects show. Okay. Which is really cool. So I'm one of the hosts there. I don't do it very often. Maybe once a month if I'm lucky. Okay. I only get called in for emergencies and whatnot. But um, or holidays. But, I mean, that's, like, a little fun thing. Like, or randomly, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to Universal. And cool. Here I am. Special yeah. effects. And it's fun because basically yeah. I just get to be myself and be nerdy and talk about motion capture. And you were working screen. at the Star Trek experience in, in yes. Las Vegas, yes. weren't you? I did. Yes. See, I, I kind of became, became a gypsy. After Katrina, I literally moved from... I would live in a place, and after a year of living there, would I go? I would go, do I want to be here? Do okay. I... Am I... Am I doing... You know... What what's here for me basically? Mm-hmm. Can I settle down here? Can I? Is this a home for me? And with Orlando, I really loved Orlando, but I just felt like something was missing. And there's I, a lot missing. For, I can tell you what what's missing. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man! But I that's when I left and did that little gypsy tour for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was super fun. But then after that show was in see uh, when I was in Orlando. I ramble a lot. You guys gotta. No, no, it's fine. Go for it. We so uh, when I was in Orlando, uh, I I got cast on a show called Tony and Tony's Wedding. It's like mm-hmm. an interactive dinner show mm-hmm. where it's like an Italian wedding gone wrong. You know, the audience is like part of the family, and you know you're witnessing the wedding, you're witnessing the the reception. You know, the ex boyfriend crashes, the the priest gets drunk. I mean, everything's going wrong, and it's such a fun show, and it's very interactive. It's mm-hmm. a lot of improv, and it was just such a great um, experience for me because. Um, it was like my first real theatrical thing where I felt like, oh my gosh, I, maybe I could make a living doing something like this. But that's, and then, um, after doing that for a while, that's when I went, I'm like, is this Orlando for me? What do I do? And then I got the opportunity to travel with this little gypsy, you know, shenanigans going from run fair to run fair. And I was just like, why not? You know, I was very, you know, sure. it's an adventure. Oh yeah. I'm very yeah. adventurous. I pretty much like sold everything I owned. Um, you know, I had my mom drive my car back to Louisiana, <laughs> packed up everything I owned in like a suitcase or two and flew to Minnesota where they were at. They didn't even meet me before they hired me. Wow. They, they talked to me over the phone. I was a recommendation for them. And I was like their MC <clears throat> kind of like, you know, I was like the... I was like, uh, the winch, and I would be like, hello, loves, you're welcome to the Calavit, you know, yeah. the equestrian art show. Oh. You know? <laughs> How long did it take you to sell all your, all your stuff? <laughs> I mean, I literally just got rid of a lot of things. I mean, uh, I didn't I didn't own very much, because I had gone down there on the college program, and then once I decided to stay in Orlando, I just rented a room outside of Disney, so mm. the room was already... Oh, so you didn't have furniture and all to, that. Yeah, stuff, like right. the, the small furniture that I did have, like bookshelves and stuff, I just gave to my roommates that were living there and little things like that. Before and, I came here, I, I went through a similar thing where I, I sold everything, but I I, um, I wanted to get the most value out of it, so I started selling it on Craigslist, meeting all these creepy people. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it gets a little, yeah, you yeah. get a little, whoa. A little dicey. But after doing that show for a couple months, you know, the summer was over and they were going to, you know, be taking a break till the next time you get, like, crazy amount of Warren Fear shows and I thought to myself what do I want to do now I don't want to go back to Orlando I don't want to go back to Louisiana because I felt like there was no room to grow so I called the producer up of Tony and Tina's wedding and I was like hey remember me where do you want me I'll go anywhere and I was very fortunate to where right when I said I'd be willing to lo- relocate and do the show anywhere uh, two girls left the Vegas cast 
who were both part-time and were I was trained in three parts at the time and they were they played those three parts that I trained in and they left to go do a gig in Tokyo so I literally just like a week Stepped later right just in. jumped right in full time in, in the Vegas cast and just drove my car across the country didn't have a place to live didn't know anyone didn't have any friends wow. just did it I was like you know what why not And uh, from Orlando to Vegas how long did it take you? It was technically Louisiana to Vegas. Louisiana. After the, yeah, it, it took so me So you went back, days. picked your car up from your mom yep. again, and then, and then just drove, drove it to, Vegas. to Vegas. And lived in Vegas for a year, and that was great. I did the Star Trek experience. I sang with a few bands. I did Tony and Tina's wedding. I mean, it was just... I loved Vegas. I really did. But it does have the ability to kind of suck your soul. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, you know, it's it's you're just surrounded by drinking, smoking, gambling. Mm-hmm. It's just a very depressing environment, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. It's... It's covered with glitter, and then when you like wipe the glitter away, then you see mm-hmm. that it's not yeah. all glitz and glamour. It's very, it's a very sad place, and right. it ages you. Oh yeah. I mean, I would see girls here like, oh, I've only been here for a couple of years. You know, like see pictures of them before they got to Vegas, and then now, and it's like, oh my god, well, it yeah. ages you because the, the air is so dry, and you're surrounded by cigarette smoke and drinking, and everything's open twenty four hours. Your body just gets adjusted to this strange time. Loop, you know, like I'd be up at three, four they, in the morning and going, oh, I need to go uh, print something out. I'll go to the Kinkos down the street and get a coffee at the Starbucks next door because everything's open twenty four. I mean, there's there's you know mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people who live and work in Vegas, but yeah. I think Vegas is one of those places that's not meant to be in for more than three days. Yeah. I mean, you really go yeah, and you a, for three I, days, I get in that. and get out because it's just it will suck you in. People and, always ask why did you leave Vegas, and I go, it's an amazing place to visit. It's an awful place to live. Yeah, yeah. It, you know it. You get in, you get stuck there, in these habits. There's a reason why property values are dirt cheap out there because yeah. it's it's not it's a, a good hard place, place to, to live. live. It's hard. It seems like you're very adept uh, to the uh, like bohemian lifestyle. Yeah, I was. I would literally nomad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I and I, you know and I embrace it. You know when I when it's time for me to move, I'm like, all right, let's do it. That's why I think why the quest was so perfect for me. They were like, you're gonna have to drop your life for a month. You're gonna have to be completely isolated. No, no you know you won't be able to talk to the outside world. I was like, you're like okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, I already got my suitcase. Back. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I need? Yeah. Galoshes? I'll pack it, you know? So then you, did you go right from Vegas to LA then? Yes. Okay, so then you came out here. What was the first thing that, that brought you here? Uh, it was funny because I didn't know what else I was going to do. I was like, what am I going to do in LA? Like, or I didn't, I was like, what am I going to do now? Now that I'm in Vegas, where can I go? Um, and I guess LA was the most logical choice because it was the closest. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, why not? It's... You know, what do I what do I have to lose? Right. And I, I came out here to visit some friends and decided to audition for Second City, the conservatory. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they um I got accepted and they skipped me through all the intro courses and put me straight into the conservatory. So wow. I was like, Well maybe this is something I should look into and so I moved out here to go to Second City. And you know, did like some community theater, did like little things, little shows and whatnot, nothing big. And then I, and then a few months of after living here, I was very blessed and got a job at the Magic Castle, mm-hmm. and that became it, it is a home to me. How, if, if you're okay to talk about it, how yes. did you get into the Magic Castle? Through whom? Because it's right. always through a yeah, because it's a members. It's only a members club. only, and there's always a through I, whom. I, because I lived in Vegas, I knew a lot of magicians. Oh, of course, and of whatnot. course. Um, did you work on any mag- magic shows in Vegas? I didn't, okay, but okay. I knew I knew people, and a friend of mine, Farrell. Lives in LA. He's a magician, but he would do a lot of conventions and um, um, trade shows in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I met him through one of those. So it was just a random meeting, like, "Oh, a magician, how fun!" And we just okay. became friends, and we kept in touch for like a year or two. Right. And I was like, "Hey, I'm moving to LA. You know, 
And so he got me in the first time as a guest. Uh-huh. And I, I literally fell oh, in love yeah, with the place. Oh, yeah, you fell in love with the place. I mean, it's like, it's place, like Hogwarts for adults. It's, it's amazing. Hogwarts with it's alcohol, amazing. basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's like hidden rooms and stuff. Oh, oh it's everything, everything, yeah. Everything about it is I've been is three times, and I was always part of a, 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 it was either a work thing where somebody knew somebody, or yeah. there was somebody, I think it was my wife, at the time, wife's work, and then once my work, and then... Once another time for somebody's birthday or something. Yeah, it's interesting I mean, where it's located. You, uh, it's like it's smack in the middle of Hollywood. You would right never guess it's right there. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's the most amazing place. I um, I don't know what I would do without it. I, I you know I would have probably moved away if I hadn't had the Magic Castle. It became like a second home to me. The magicians there are so protective and wonderful to me. It you know I, I'm a member there as well. I go in on my nights off, and it's just like. They, you know, just hugs and. It's a fan. I, it's the a thing, family. But from looking it's, at your the pictures that you post, it's it's this family that you found. I mean, it it makes me tear up just thinking about yeah. it, how wonderful these people are to me. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's a wonderful place to have you know job security mm-hmm. because um, my boss is is incredible. Like the the two bosses that I work with, you know, that I'm under the most are so amazing. Like when I had to say like, Hey, I'm taking off for a month of August, you know, I can't tell you why I can't tell you what you do, what I'm doing. It's something that, and they were just like, okay, we'll work. We'll make it work. And you know, they're just so understanding. Um, you know, they work around our schedules. All of us are in, you know, we all have other jobs, you know, as, as wonderful as the castle is, you can't work there and, you know, it's only to open a certain amount of time and there's other, Well, you know, and not only that, you know, it's, it's a nonprofit organization. So I don't, you know, it only pays, a certain amount to where, you know, we all have other jobs and other gigs going on at the same time to where the management is just so understanding and they just right. work with us and, you know, they're they're just so wonderful. And now I'm just trained in, in a lot of positions there, you know. I started at the front desk, worked my way into cocktailing. I do some other things there that I can't talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also perform there. Uh, a lot of magicians, you know, once they got to know me... Um, we're like, I'm going to put you in my show. And, you know, I'm like, sure, whatever. And then they actually did. Right. Where, you know, I, I've performed there, I think, about six or seven times now, which is some magicians have, you know, gotten in there once. So I'm, I feel very blessed that I've I've gotten to share the stage with some of the most famous magicians in the world. Like, how lucky is that, you know? That's cool. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be You there got to be December. the lovely assistant or, or yeah, whatever. Well, mostly I, I sing a lot in the shows. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. I do a lot of their, I do a lot of the castle special events and mm-hmm. fundraisers. Like, I'll donate my time and, Go in and sing and and you know be like a crazy character for the parties and whatnot. What's and the history of the castle? I, I, that's one thing I've, I've never it's, heard. It's over a hundred years old. The building itself. It was a private residence, the Lane Mansion, and then uh, in, ni- in the nineteen sixties, Milt and Bill Larson, two brothers, decided to purchase it and um, fulfill their father's lifelong dream of having a club for magicians. And unfortunately, um, Bill is no longer with us, but Milt Larson is still around. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you'll see him on the club and then on the weekdays, uh, drinking everyone under the table. He's, he's still got it. <laughs> and, you know, it's amazing to where you can walk into this place that has so much history and see the founder, you know, sitting there at the bar having Fantastic. wine with some of the guests. It's, I mean, it's unreal. Yeah. And some of the members who have been there since the beginning, you know, like... I'm, I'm member number like 19,523, you know. You oh, know, you're a member now. I'm a, I'm a, That's I've, fantastic. I've been a member since 2009. That's fantastic. But, um, you know, some of the members, you know, member number two, you know, member number nine. It's right. Like, oh, my God. You know, they're still right. alive and kicking, you know. And 
That's amazing. Partying every night with us closing the castle down. The thing that I've that I've always always seen or felt there is you've got Hollywood and Hollywood has this veneer over it. You know, you go yeah. to Universal, you go to Disneyland, you go to the Haunted Mansion and everything looks gray, but it's all it's all very much this, you know, cardboard set that's that's made to look like this right. real thing. And you go to the Magic Castle, and even though the theme of the Magic Castle is illusion, and it's all about creating the the appearance of something that isn't really right. there or isn't really happening, but there's something so very real about it. There's something it's very solid. so yes. There's it's something a good way to put it. so solid. very tangible and right. real. It's a genuine experience that it you're is. having when you're there. And you know what? It's not everything is and it's unique. picture perfect. You know, there's. Everything there's a lot of things that's worn out and you know it's been there from the beginning. You know, Milt Larson. We always have this joke that when Milt builds something or does something, he'll just do it and won't use a measuring tape. So everything's <laughs> sideways, everything's crooked. You know, and it's always an ongoing joke to where if you see a straight picture in the castle, go and make it crooked. You know, right, like right. like everything has that little touch of character right, to it, like exactly. little touch of being worn, right. but it makes it feel. Kind of more homey. Like, you right. can sit in a chair and be like, well, this has obviously been sitting way too many times. But you know what? Think about all the famous it, people or famous How many famous bums have been in that chair? How many famous people, <laughs> you know, sitting there saying, pick a card, has sat in this chair? Right, I mean, right. Yeah, there's unreal. something real and historic yeah. about it. And, and, every, and, and they picked things from all over the place. Like... The W.C. Fields bar was used in the movie Hello, Dolly. There's right. a, the headboard from the Witches of Eastwick. You know, like they just oh, picked nice. random props and random things. The The Palace of Mystery bar right. was the old Hollywood Highland, um, the Hollywood High um, gymnasium floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, he was just like, I need things. And just grab grabbing them anywhere stuff, he could right. all over Hollywood. Things right. that were like from like the 30s, so it actually has that... Rich history. He's got to know so many people in Hollywood. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, it's so great. What uh, uh, have you had interactions with with Neil? I mean, have you, have you yes, hanging yeah, out yeah. with him? He, and, you know, as you know, was the president of the board yeah, of directors yep. for quite a while. One of the nicest, most genuine people. You know, you hear all these horror stories of Hollywood and people in Hollywood that are so fake and phony. And he was just, he never made anyone feel less of a person. You know, he'd speak to all the employees with respect and, you know, would talk to us like real human beings. It wouldn't be like, you know, I'm above you type of thing. He'd show me pictures of his kids. He'd be, you know, visiting with us. What was great was that, you know, yes, he was the president of the board, but it wasn't just a name, like a famous name as the president. He was so involved. He was there for all the meetings. He would come in to the club and make sure everything was okay. He's like, what can I do for you? And he was so involved with the club, and, and still is. I mean, right. he's obviously not the president anymore. He he lives in New York now, but you know he's still so involved with the magic community, which makes yeah. it really special that we have that connection with him. And you know, he would we do they do an employee appreciation every year for the employees, mm-hmm. where the members do our jobs, which oh. is really funny to see because then everything <laughs> goes to hell. Uh, it's fun to watch. You know, <laughs> we're just kind of sitting back going, "Oh, that's not so easy, is it?" Yeah, yeah. But he comes to those and, like, does a speech and and explains how, you know, appreciative he is of the employees there. And it just makes it feel like, wow, he really does care about us as human beings. That's good. Yeah, and that's that's another thing about about that, too, is is that realism of of the real human experience and and treating people with dignity and respect. And and it's not just a Hollywood gig or whatever. You're not just a member and blah, blah, blah. And that's, like, my biggest thing is, like, if I ever was blessed enough to actually make a living pursuing something in that way it's like please 
I, I tell all my friends, you have permission to slap me. If I ever get Hollywood to where I'm being rude to people. <laughs> snap or, me out of or it. Or like right. the, pulling the, do you know who I am? Just right. feel free to slap me and put me back in my place because no one should ever make anyone feel less. Right. And, well, we met at, we met at, at Ground Control years ago. Karaoke. And, and Yay! And um, <laughs> uh, my, my wife and I met you and, and there was that instant, just nice, genuine, warm human. It's because I'm from the south, right? Probably, <laughs> probably. But it was a nice thing. It's like, and Thank you. ground control has had its share of of Hollywood types or people coming in sure. and out and, and various degrees of 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 you know attitude or or, or personality. Right. And it was nice to meet you, um, somebody who works with a lot of people. I'm also friends with. Um, mm-hmm. Doing a lot of um, a lot of their theater and improv mm-hmm. uh, uh, work and things like that. Um, l- let's talk a bit about um, uh, adventure and um, um, uh, dungeon master yes. and, and those, and those types of things. And the sure. Yes, yes. Oh gosh, you know, coming out here, it was funny because I, I, I got into that. You know, Coleman, of course, mm-hmm, Michael mm-hmm. Coleman. Mm-hmm. He uh, was the one who originally pulled me into all of this. Um, I was going as a audience member to Tales of the Extraordinary, like, in mm-hmm. front of a friend, you know, mm-hmm. Coleman, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool, 1920s radio show, right. how fun is that? And I go, and they only have, like, one girl up there, and I'm like, man, that kind of sad, that's yeah. sad, you know, because yeah. it's hard to find, you know, oh, yeah. girls who can, and you can do things like that, and uh, they always try and pull people up for little things, and he needed a girl who could do a British accent, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. is there anyone here who can do a voice, you know, and of course I volunteer, like, oh, that's, like, fun, you know, yeah. I'll do it. So I get pulled up and I, I get up there and we do this whole scene and I, you know, put on this little British accent and we do this whole like father daughter thing and and after the show he's like, do you do voices? Is that a thing? I was like, well, I, you know, I've done theater and I, I do impressions and whatnot and he would, and then ever since then he just wrote me into the show and then I just I, I kind of slid my way into tales and then he was also a part of Dungeon Master at the time and they were doing their 10 year anniversary and he needed an opening act mm-hmm. and he knew I did music so he pulled me in to open the show with a couple songs and so I wrote a song did about you play piano too I played right? piano yeah so I, I I came in and did a song about Dungeon Master to the to the tune of Hotel California and some <laughs> other fun little things and and got pulled up for that show like you know because how Dungeon Master and Adventure works is the audience shows up they uh, dress up in costume, anything they want. I mean, the, the it could be anything as simple as just putting a funny hat on to going in full right. crazy, you know, goblin garb, whatever you want to do. You submit yourself on a card, and then we pick six people at random to come up onto the stage and survive the show <laughs> and become like a player of the show. And you have to, you are the hero kind of, of the show, and it's amazing. It. Yeah. And and the and, you know the cast of the show, we're just the side characters. We're what we're what you meet along the way. You know, when you have to figure out the next step, you have to figure out the clues and, and what's, you know, who to kill, who to, you know, not kill. Please don't <laughs> kill me. Um, I mean, it's the most fun sh- show. And I wasn't a part of Dungeon Master for a while. I would just go and, and, and you know, show up every now and then and play. But Coleman um, decided to start a show that was similar to Dungeon Master, but with a more fan, uh, with a more sci-fi, post-apocalyptic uh-huh. feel. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the Dungeon Master people came along with that. And... He decided to pull some of the tales of extraordinary folk as well, and I was lucky enough to be asked to be a part of that project. So I was with Adventure and am with Adventure from the beginning, mm-hmm. and that's an amazing um, show to be a part of. I mean, it's grown so much, and we do little web shorts in between the mm-hmm. live shows to right. keep the, uh, right. the audience up, updated on the plot. 
which are really fun for me, especially if I get to do Angeline because she's yeah. a fun character. Yeah, I yeah. love Angeline because she's just like she's this so foul dumb. mouth. I mean, the, the the word that comes to mind is pistol. Yeah, is you know the, that that old timey thing. She's just a redheaded, fiery pistol but with she's a foul just, mouth and just so and dumb. she's so dumb to where she's the fire pistol, but she's aiming in all the wrong places. Right, right, she's right. like, oh, I was shooting over here. Then you know she breaks the lamp. You know right. that's the kind of thing that right. something she would do. But she, um, she's such a fun character, and you know it's. She started out as just literally like a bit character with no lines just right. in the first short of just holding a gun up to his face. And then and the, the tie uh, it just kind of grew. Yeah, it <laughs> just kind of grew skirt. from there. Well, she wore pants the first season. Oh, okay. The tie skirt was just something I added later because I thought it'd be a fun um, really character funny. choice. Yeah. And she's just such a fun character. I don't know if you're updated up, up on this season yet, but yeah. um, she just recently took a brain pill that makes her intelligent. Oh, but so. she's also... <laughs> At the command of the people who gave her the brain pill, like oh. it, she didn't know that I mean, that was the the clause. You know, she's very intelligent. She, you know, super smart now. But uh, they can be like Angeline, stand on one foot, touch your nose. You know, she can, they, she has to obey their every command. So. I want one of those, but without the second part. Exactly. I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, I'm curious to see how it'll how it'll uh, play out because Coleman's the one who writes all the scripts. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen until I get mm-hmm. the script. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is. Interesting. It seems like you've you, you've always been really creative ever since childhood. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to know what got you into role playing. Was it Dungeons and Dragons, video games, or yeah? You know, I was just always big into role playing. I mean, I would I would be the kid on the playground like talking to a tree, mm-hmm. thinking there was some fairy spirits, you know. <laughs> and all you know, of course, all the kids would be like, "Bonnie's crazy," you know. I'd be the kid where, you know, people were listening to, like, Hanson and New Kids on the Block. I'd, I would be falling asleep to the soundtrack to Lord of the Dance and picturing, <laughs> picturing leprechauns Michael dancing Flatley, in my room. Right? <laughs> I mean, it was that level of nerd where... Your imagination um, was always active. Always <laughs> active. And, I, I, I mean, I used to have a bag by my bed with a, um, clothes in case Peter Pan came. Like, I was, I was wow. so sure he would come. Wow. I mean, and that lasted for a while, way longer than it should have. I was like, I, there was always that glimmer of hope that always believed in magic. And I feel like, I, I, feel, I still like, I, I, I still do. I remember as, as a kid, I remember feeling like, you know, oh, when I'm lo- looking, there's fairies or whatever. Like, yeah. if I close my eyes, there's fairies around me. Or When I was I a kid, I, you just reminded me of something that I haven't thought about in years. Mm-hmm. But when I was five, probably six years old, Every night before I would go to sleep, I would pray to God to make me magical, to make me, give me magical powers. <laughs> and so I would cute. wake up from my nap or from, from in the morning, and I would look at the door, and I would put my hand out and yeah. wiggle my hand and to try, try to it. open the door. And, oh, damn. You know, I used, it didn't happen. I used to want to be Spider-Man, but I did that, too. I, I, I thought I could be like... Magneto or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, use your. Powers. For me, it wasn't a specific. It wasn't a specific reference to anybody else. Which is, I want, I want telekinesis. And Anything I that will make me escape my mundane uh, mm-hmm. life, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because you know it's when you think about it, how many kids have these thoughts every day. I was definitely one of and, them. And we're, kind would, of, we're kind of taught to uh, forget about that because you're an adult and you shouldn't think about these things. Oh, it's I not still okay. do. All but the now time. you live yeah. it all you know, the time. I, I still, when I'm driving, sometimes if I'm driving at night on a twisty, turny road, I'm James Bond in my car. I, the theme starts in my head, and I start driving. I start, I feel that. I mean, that still happens to me all the time. I, yeah, I mean, I go. You know, I make like little adventures every day, like going to get a you know a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I'm just like, okay, you know, it's like yeah, like I gotta, I gotta beat, defeat the thing. You know, now it's a race against time. Good morning, Miss Gordon. Exactly. Your job, your your mission should you choose to accept it. Good morning, Charlie. You know, it's like one of those. Hello, Bonnie. Exactly. So 
You know, and that's why the quest was so special because it gave normal people who wished to, you know, be chosen and be special and be a hero, it gave us that opportunity to really live it. I mean, they really did not hold back on any detail. It was incredible. And the actors, like Creo and Saransgar, there's so much they don't show where there's even no cameras around, where we're just asking them questions left and right, trying to get them to break, try to find some kind of weakness in their character. They they were just so good. They were so good. Mm. I mean, Creo especially, because we had the most interaction with him. I know they don't show that a lot, but Creo, we'd, you know, he would be our guide. You know, he'd be guiding us. We'd be, to walk to the fates would be like a two-mile, you know, hike through the woods. They don't show all that. You know, all mm. of a sudden we're at the castle and we're walking, and then, oh, now we're there. You know, we, we had to walk far Jesus. back and forth, you know, to get there. And we'd just be talking the whole time with him, you know, asking him questions and just nonstop. He would have story after story explaining the history, everything. I mean, yeah, I saw a clip where you guys were walking in the forest and some creature comes up and starts talking to you or something. Yeah, the ogre. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, those ogres were pretty hideous. Yeah. That was, that was the first night we were just kind of like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> we were <laughs> still... ogre. And they kept shit. us up yeah. all night. Like, yeah. We were up there all night covered in mud. You know, we were so exhausted. And we we're like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like, they're not, they're, they're not playing around. One specific gig I wanted to ask you about, ask sure. you about was was uh, Oracle. You played Oracle in Batman. Yes, the Death Wish. Death Wish. It's so funny because I know a lot of, uh, some of the Paladins got a little flap from um, people watching the quest going, oh, they're just actors. Look, they have IMDb pages. But if you look at my IMDb page, all of my credits were like fan films that my friends did that I literally was just like, oh, you need an extra person? You know, like I jump in as an extra, you know, right. I jump in as this or that, you know. To where I didn't even know I was going to get an IMDb credit. Right. Or voiceovers, which I started mm-hmm. doing, you know, after doing Tales, it just kind of happened right. to where, you know, if some of the people in the show had a, you know, small video game or anime thing that they were working on and they needed another female, they'd be like, oh, Bonnie, here, try for this. And, you know, so it was never like a, you know, oh, I'm, you know, trying to make it big in the world, you know. I mean, it'd be great to do. Right, but right. It was just, it just was a kind of like a fluke. Oh, how cool. I have IMDb credits, you know. Cool. Um, but the Batman Death Wish especially was super fun. Um, you know, my friend Jennifer and, and uh, Matt, they were working on it. And uh-huh. it was their little baby. And they want, they needed a voice for, you know, the Oracle, the Barbara Gordon. Right. And uh, they thought of me because I did voices. And they kind of liked how it was kind of like deep and mm-hmm. could make it like kind of like a computer rasp to it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I literally just recorded it at my house, you know, like with a little mic and just sent it to them. And that was it. And then for some reason, when it pops up on IMDb, like Batman, people freak out like, oh my God, she was a, a Batman thing. When really it was just like a little YouTube fan film. I mean, it's great. They did yeah. an amazing yeah. job. The production on it is yeah. really great. Yeah. But I mean, I love, I, I mean, I really didn't even get to be a part of it. It was like a last minute, like we need it tonight by five o'clock. I'm like, oh God. So I just, and I was like, my voice, my voice is really tired. I was doing Grinchmas at the time, mm-hmm. back in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Or 11, so my voice was gone, and I was like, I'll, I'll get as much out as I can. So it was really raspy. But um, that, that's, that was that, and I loved it. So it's fun because whenever I apply to like conventions or whatever, you know, for as a professional, it's like really I wouldn't consider myself a professional at all, but they look at my MDB and they go, Oh, she was in a Batman thing. Just right, give her right, a badge. Right, and you're like, right. Sweet. Yeah. No idea. It was two lines. Yeah. No, you know, no FaceTime. It was a little yeah. like a, com- a computer like flashing light. But um, it was good. Uh, so you talk about Lord of the Rings being one of your influences growing up. What oh, other yeah. kind of stuff did you? What, what other stuff um, kind of informs oh, the, the, the work that you do now? Uh, growing up, just briefly. Uh, you know, 
I, I read so much growing up. Mm-hmm. I, that was like the one thing that could keep me quiet. I would just be talking a mile a minute, running around. My mom would give me a book. I'd be out. Like you could, right. you wouldn't hear me for hours. <laughs> I could, um, I could go to a bookstore and, and be there for like all day. And my mm-hmm. mom would be like, "Where's my daughter?" You know, <laughs> we lost Bonnie. Um, so I mean, it was just I would just read and read and read. I think a big big influences on me were. Um, obviously Lord of the Rings and, and The Hobbit I would go around my room as Bonnie Baggins you know playing dress up in my room Bonnie Baggins with a little butter knife with me sting um, I would uh, The Last Unicorn was a big, oh, was yeah, a big yeah. one um, Piers Anthony I don't know if you've ever uh-huh, read his work uh-huh. loved his work I would uh, I would read it constantly and it was you know it was a lot I was reading books that were more, very much more adult than I should have been right. reading because I was reading some of these when I was young like 8, 10 you know, 12, you know, and some of the, the stuff in it was very adult, you know. I know Pierce Anthony had a little bit of, like, you know, romantic scenarios that right, were a bit right. more of the adult side. Right, I was right. reading it going, oh, my God, I, was so, I felt so dirty. I was like, oh, God, the kids are doing dirty things. What's happening? <laughs> um, no, but, um, and then movies-wise, of course, like Princess Bride. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, Labyrinth, Dark oh, Crystal. Yeah. All of those were big influences on, on cool. me. I mean, I could quote it. I could quote most of those word for word, you know? Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Start, get, yeah. just start a line and I'll just continue it. Right, you know? right. So. Yeah, I, I had a friend, the last job I had, I had a friend who was from Britain and, and uh, he was the athletic director at the school I was working at and I was in IT and mm-hmm. I, oh, every once in a while he would call me and just say one line from Monty Python and I would deliver oh, the next line Monty and Python. we were going for like five minutes just doing a whole scene together over the phone. That's and another thing. And people would be like, what are you doing? What's like, we're doing Monty Python. That's another thing that really influenced me, um, especially when it came to like comedy and like improv. Loved watching, um, you know, Monty Python. I loved, there was this, uh, there's this British kind of sketch comedy show called Big Train. I love Big Train. I love Simon Big Pegg Train. Yes. and Tasman Green. No one knows. And, oh, I love no Big Train. No one knows Big Train. Graham Linehan wrote and produced that show. And um, uh, Nathan Frost did a lot Nick of guests. Uh, Nick yeah, Frost. Yeah, yeah, Nick Frost. Frost did a lot of guests. Kevin Eldon and, and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love Big Train. A, such an amazing yeah. thing of talent. I mean, some of their sketches were hit or miss. Oh, yeah. But they were just so funny. I'm oh, a big you've fan gone on fire now. Try not to go on fire next time. <laughs> Mr. Bean. Yeah. I would watch Mr. Bean with yeah. my grandmother religiously. Like, my grandmother was my friend right. growing up. Like, everyone would go out and go to their friends' houses for sleepovers. I would go to my grandmother's I was always house. much more of a Blackadder fan because for me, for Rowan Atkinson, the big thing for me is his voice and his words and right. the way he delivers lines rather than discover. his rather than his physicality. Yeah. So, because I, I, I caught on to Mr. Bean after, after seeing Blackadder. Um, but for me, the... the Atkinson's real power for me, right. the what speaks to me is is the, his command of word, language, and words. So right. I didn't I didn't discover Blackadder until later. Yeah, uh, but Mr. Bean, it, it's always kind of like a special thing. It was almost like a tradition. I'd go over to my grandmother's oh, yeah. house. My yeah. great grandmother was there. Yeah. We'd watch Lawrence Welk with my great grandmother, <laughs> and then as soon as Lawrence Welk was over, we'd turn it on. It would be Mr. Bean, mm-hmm. and it was just like it was like our tradition. Every I, watched, I remember watching the the movie that came out in the late nineties. Bean, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the yeah, only, it was the only good. thing I, I remember watching. You know, it was, but I mean, the shows, the little shorts were just oh, my favorite. Yeah, well, there were a couple of uh, sketches that he did. He did a couple of um, um, performance play like, shows. Like a live 
live shows where they were, which what became Mr. Bean, he was mm-hmm. doing that character in those shows, like the, the, the one where he's in church with the, with, with the, the candy, Kleenex with the, the Kleenex yes, and the candy, yeah. that was a Mr. Bean, that was a, in the show before it was oh, Mr. Bean, yeah, 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 yeah. My my favorite is um, when he has the girlfriend or whatever, and they're shopping, or they're walking down the street, and um, they pass a jewelry store, and uh-huh. it's like this beautiful, cute little poster of like a happy couple with uh-huh. jewelry, and then next to it is like the ring box with the ring, uh-huh. and she's pointing to it, you know, uh-huh. she's pointing at the window, and he's like, ah, it's like Christmas, and they're uh-huh. opening their presents, and he opens his present, and then she gets her present, and she's like, what? It's like an odd shape, and she opens it, and it's the poster <laughs> that was behind the ring. And she's like, what? And then he hands her a ring box. And she's all excited. You know, and she opens up the ring box and she slowly opens it. And it looks like what you think is a ring. But as she takes it out, you see it's just a hook to hang the poster. Oh, it cracked me up so bad. That one was my all-time yeah. favorite. And she just starts crying and just leaves. And he's I like, like the, he doesn't uh, understand why. I like the oysters, too, where he's at the restaurant and he eats the bad the bad clams or bad oysters. Mm-hmm. And he's dreaming about it and all that. Oh, you know? yeah. Or when he goes to the dentist and he's trying to... Yeah. Ah, oh, this is like Mr. Yeah, Bean. Yeah. That's a good one. Ugh. So, uh, what do you have going on now that you can talk oh, about? Yeah, or, and sure. uh, let's go ahead and plug current projects and all that. All right. This is the fun part where I get to plug. Uh, let's see. Uh, of course, Dungeon Master and Adventure I'm uh-huh. still doing. We just did the... Where are those playing and when and... Well, Adventure, we just finished our season finale, but I know we're going to be doing the shorts in the next upcoming months and we'll have more uh, uh-huh. posted on that. And then Tales of the Extraordinary, I know is going to probably start... Happening again. Are there um, websites for those? Yes, there are. Um, MTC.net is a place where you can find both of Adventure okay. and, and Tales because it's both with Coleman. So okay. he has those both together. And M- MTC, Michael T. Coleman. Mm-hmm. MTC, isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. E-A-M-P-T-Y. S-E-A-M-T-C. Mm-hmm. Um, like avoided ocean. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then Dungeon Master, of course, is still going on. The next show is on the 26th. I unfortunately will not be there. Oh. Uh, because I will be in Milwaukee. Oh. With Paladin Patrick. Oh, wow. He and I are uh, going to Milwaukee for Fantasticon. Oh, cool. And we're going to meet some of the Quest Army, and I'm, I'm super So is it like an wait. official gig? That's it's a like, con. It's a, I mean, but I mean, is it, a, is it, are you going there as, as part of the show? Yeah, or are you I'm just there, going? I'm, I'm going as, um, as a guest of theirs to where, you know, they'll provide us a space. And I okay. think we're going to do like a, a panel about like a Q&A cool. about the quest and stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So the producers and, of the quest are involved in that part no, of it? Or, no, oh, okay, the, okay. The, the con just, uh, Patrick, I guess, knew one of the gentlemen in charge of the con. And, okay. And uh, they worked it out. And of course, when I found out, you know, Patrick was going, he's like, I have to go. You know, he was, my brother Bear is going to be there. So of course, I wanted to figure out a way how I could get there. Um, next year, I'm hoping to do a lot of cons. Already, I'm already planning on going to your mini con. It's a really small uh, new con, uh, first year ever. So, woo, good, yeah, good for them. Cool, yay, it's going to be in Connecticut in January. We like oh. people who go and out I, and do their thing. <laughs> and uh, as far as I know, Andrew's going to be there. Christian, Leticia. So it's going to be like quite a few of the paladins there, cool. um, meeting everybody and, and you know doing our thing. Uh, but I'm planning on my aunt is working on. Uh, she works for the airline, and I think she might be giving me her companion uh-huh. status, meaning I'll be able to fly oh, cool. a lot more nice. you know, affordably uh, next oh, year. So nice. I'm, I'm working on going to a lot of cons and a lot of rent fairs mm-hmm. and, and really working on, um, you know, promoting my projects and, you know, representing the Quest. Because mm-hmm. I, I, the Quest Army especially has been so amazing and so supportive. Like, I want to do my very best to get 
to as many as possible and cool. to meet them cool. and to well, that's really good. Yeah, that's great. You know, represent the quest. It has such a good message behind mm-hmm, it that mm-hmm. I feel like if we need to continue it going, like the whole be a hero message is just right. so important, especially in this time in our lives. Yeah, I think uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson had a reality show called uh, Hero or something mm-hmm. where he inspired people the same thing to be a hero same yeah. idea, but just be a hero yeah. uh, in fact Thursday October 23rd this upcoming Thursday uh, the producers have started a project called Project Hero where they're asking everyone affiliated with the quest or the quest army to do a heroic deed whether it be really small like you know buying a coffee for the person behind you a really big you know just do something heroic right. just something just to make the you know your day, someone's day a little brighter mm-hmm, and a little mm-hmm. better and pay it forward kind of pay, thing. Like yeah, a very great. pay that's it great. forward type of thing. And that's the kind of stuff that I, I try and do, you know, on a daily basis just because when I know it happens to me, how awesome it makes my How much day. a little thing just, can just... Just having someone be like, I go up to a drive through window and they're like, oh, the person in front of you already paid for your meal. I'm like, what? Mm. And that's amazing. Like even, that, even even just the uh, most random saying thank you, like when people yeah. appreciate Holding what the door for open for someone. Yes. It could be sure, something as sure. little as that, you know? Sure. Uh, you know, having a, an old lady go in front of you at the bank, you know, so she doesn't have to wait in line. You know, right. Little things like that that um, make a difference in someone's lives to where they they get that glimmer of hope, like, oh, this world isn't going into a, you know, into a hell, <laughs> into a hell, basket, right, right. In, you know, going to hell in a basket. Cool. Uh, the biggest project I'm working on at the moment is a library bards. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm really, really excited about. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Xander from King of the Nerds mm, on TBS. No, he no. was on a season two. Okay, I only saw the first one. It, it, you know, it's really, it's a really cute show. I really like King of the Nerds, especially since you know they're like rep- representing us so yeah, well. Yeah, um, we're really good friends, and we both love working with each other. And after the quest was over and his season of King of the Nerds was over, we were trying to collaborate. Like, what can we do together? That we can work together, not only because we love working together and, you know, our creative juices mesh really well, but, um, you know, our fan bases are both going, we need, you know, what, what else are you doing? We need more. Give us more. We're like, what else can we do to, like, appease them and also let us have an outlet for creative um, endeavors? Uh-huh. And we've come up with a, oh, we're basically starting a band. I guess you can call it that. It's called the Library Bards. Uh-huh. And what we do is uh, we're with a gentleman called Jake Kaufman. He's part of the Library Bards as well. He does all of our music. Okay. Unbelievable. He's a famous, uh, very well-known composer for video games. Oh, okay. He's very, very good. And basically we're going to take top 40 hits and um, make them as nerdy as possible. <laughs> we're working on some amazing things. And the, what's great about Jake is that we can give him a song and be like, okay, so this is a pop song. We need it to sound relatively the same so people will know what it is. But we would love some orchestrations to make it sound like John Williams-esque. And uh, can you make this part sound like the cantina? And right. Can you make this sound like a Nintendo? Can cool. you make this sound like this? And he'll just take it in like a day be like, here you go. And we're like, how did he do this? He, ma- he mashes and meshes things into a pot and produces something amazing. So that's what we're working on right now, and our main goal is to get, um, we're working on the songs at the moment, and then as soon as the songs are completed, we're going to work on the music videos and get those out and put it, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have like two or three out um, for everyone, and our goal is for next year uh-huh. to do a little con tour as well with the library bar. Since both of us are going to be doing cons already, uh-huh. him with King of the Nerds and his projects and me with The Quest, mm-hmm. we thought, why not combine yes, um, right. and and 
go to a con and be like, okay, we're a package deal. Not only do you get these two people from these two shows, but you also get this project where you can have us do like a performer slot or this or that. You know, we can get up and do our songs. So we're really excited about that. That sounds really cool. cool. And, that sounds great. And I, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, you know, but I, when I say like with us rewriting some of the lyrics and mashing some of these styles together, it is so nerdy yeah. in the best way possible. Mm, like, cool. It's, it's going to be so amazing. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So it's so pretty the, much like Weird Al to an extreme. Right. What's the time frame on that? Well, we were hoping to have one or two out already. But unfortunately, um, Jake got pneumonia, and, oh, okay. and it was a whole bunch of stuff where we had to kind of push everything back a month. So uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get at least one or two of our songs nailed down in the recording studio, vocally, and then the music videos um, we're we're working on. We're 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 you know we're we're having a meeting tomorrow with some people. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to don't want to give too much away, but we have a meeting tomorrow with some people that we're hoping to get some kind of. Um, feel out what, what the future of this project can hold. Like, if we can have a crew follow us around on our con tour, make, like, a little mini documentary series of what it's like to live con to con and, you know, all the drama that happens in the con world. Yeah. But also, you know, with Xander and I, it'll, it'll, we'll, it'll, like it'll be, the drama will be containing of glitter fits and, <laughs> and uh, you know, me losing my sword. Like, oh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So... We're yeah. really excited. About cool. It. I mean, that sounds really exciting. That's great. Yeah. Cool. So what is, what's out right now that you're uh, media wise or whatever that you're reading or recommending or watching or or what can you recommend? A couple oh, things. We usually have people recommend something. Sure. What am I watching right now? Boost the signal on something. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh man. Whew. I just started watching Gotham. Haven't haven't okay. got fully into it yet. I'm still on the fence about it. Okay. Um. You know, it, 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 I think what turned me off of it the most was on the very first episode they introduced every Everybody, character. Yeah. I'm like, slow down, let us let us have something for season, you know, for episode two. But uh, yeah, but I'm I'm still offensive about it. There, it, it's keeping me intrigued enough to where I'm gonna keep watching it. Um, there's so much I need to catch up on. I'm I'm like the worst person to be recommending things. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been listening. One of my favorite bands that I listen to all the time that uh, if you do like parodies, they're always fun to listen to. Uh, Axis of Awesome. Oh, I've heard of they're, them. They're yeah. an Australian yeah. band, and I yeah. just adore them. I yeah. don't know if they have too much new stuff out right now, but I just I just listen to them on repeat. They're very inspiring because cool. they're just such goofballs. And their original stuff will just, you know, they don't care what they sound like. They're just like, we're just going to put it out there, and you're going to laugh at it no matter what. Cool. I, I really love those guys. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I, I mean, I'm watching Once Upon a Time. I'm still not. I'm on the fence about that too. I'm still. I'm still not fully on board with the whole Frozen. Uh huh. Yeah, um, yeah. You know. Disney property bringing more stuff in. Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. You know what I loved about it is that they used all fairy tale creatures and mm. all. You know. You know, it wasn't just all Disney. You know, they brought in everything from Hansel and Gretel oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. this to that. You know, they had so many different characters: the Oz and this and that and and Peter Pan. You know, it was. It was so different, but now that they're bringing Frozen, I'm kind of like, oh, now, now it gets commercial. Yeah, yeah. But so far, I'm, I'm actually enjoying it, so I'm, I'm cool. still watching that too. I'm just so far behind on TV. Oh yeah, well you're busy. You're busy, lady. I mean, I have everything <laughs> on DVR. Oh, American Horror Story. Yeah. I'm watching that freak yeah. show. Yeah. I feel like I got to represent since I, you know, did the whole, you know, gypsy traveling thing. You know, I feel like uh, when it comes to freak shows, the word freak, you know. It, it doesn't 
just mean in a literal sense or right. in a physical sense. It can mean anything from you know just being different just and being embracing different. your different. Right. You know. Right. You know. I I consider myself a freak right. in a way to where I love the the message that they're putting out there where they're cool. they're you know they're they I love the fact that they cast. Real, real people, people, people with real, with real, you know, deformities. Yeah, I guess you would say that's yeah. the word. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And what do you I think about uh, what do you think about Twisty, the clown? Oh, that's pretty creepy. Yeah, I, you that's, know, that's pretty, pretty good, pretty creepy. You no, know, it's funny. Is like you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm scared of clowns. You know, the clowns never really scared me. I actually dated a circus clown when I lived in Vegas. <laughs> so you know, a little short time. Um, so it never really like freaked me <laughs> out or anything, but. <laughs> But mm. that clown is, that is not a clown. Did you see the last episode? I'm, not yet. Wait. No? Okay, well, you, you'll get to know him better. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. All right, all right. <laughs> you know him better. The last episode. Well, there's only been one episode, or two. did you watch? Or two. Or two? Yeah, I, I only watched both. the first one, so. So you saw him without the mask. For me, that, for me, I haven't seen that yet, so shh. Um, uh, <laughs> we can spoil that for other people, but not for me. No, um, the first episode that Life on Mars just picked me up and threw me across. I the like room. what they're doing with the show where they're playing songs that haven't been out yet in the time were, period. Right, but, you know, right. Like they played a Portishead song. I'm sorry, I spoiled it. Damn but it! They play <laughs> they play a Portishead song. Okay. I, no, 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 bullshit. It's another one, so okay. I didn't spoil it. All right. They did the uh, I've been a bad bad there we go. She spoiled it for you. Oh, okay. Fiona Apple. Fiona yeah. Apple. Yeah. All right. I thought it was Portishead. Portis yeah. The the Life on Mars. Jessica Lange doing Life on Mars it was, was just great. outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. It was just so. so. It's such a fun show, and I love that environment, like the circus, mm-hmm. the traveling, the you know, like it's it. There's such a mystery, and they. Um, I miss Carnival. Yeah, that like show Carnival, is so yeah, good. It's, it, there's such like a mystery, and they, um, you know, people are so fascinated by it, like that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating, and it really is. I mean, once you're living in it, you're like, it's not as fascinating. Like the, you, you, it's you more mundane. A lot of you know that I, uh, when you're like scooping up the horse poop and you know yeah. moving girls <laughs> of hey, it's not as glamorous, but you you know watching it from a, a spectator's point of view. You know, everyone, every kid dreams about running away and joining the circus. I know mm-hmm, I was one of those. Mm-hmm. To where I was like, oh, these are my Well, you people. kind of almost under, did. I really. kind of did. My yeah. mother always calls it that. Yeah. She's like, oh, that they're yeah. bonding around. You know, I met, I, met, I met Nick Stahl a few years ago and I talked to him about Carnival. Yeah. yeah. He was really cool. He was willing yeah. to talk about it. Cool. I thought, you know, I thought, hey, I have nothing to lose. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I miss Carnival. That was a good show. Well, we're a little over an hour, so uh, oh, tell sorry. us. Where, no, 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 it's fine. We're that's that's good. It's uh, uh, this has been fantastic. Thanks for doing. Oh, this. Oh, my pleasure. Um, yeah. Where can people find you online? Uh, well, of course, I'm on Facebook, Bonnie Gordon. Okay. Um, I'm and also, you have a fan page as well. I as do. A I do. Page. I started that just because uh, I knew once the quest was over, I would try and make my my personal page a little bit more personal. personal. I made it public right. for quite a while just to keep everyone updated and like to be responsive to the fans. But I did want to. You know, once everything's died down, to kind of make it back for mm-hmm. friends and family. So I, I figured the fan page would be the best way to go. That way, I can kind of keep my world separate. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Bonnie Bell G. And let's see, I you have an Instagram. I don't. I know everyone yells at me for that, but I don't <laughs> have Instagram. I can barely keep up with Twitter and Facebook. Like it's so overwhelming. And I know if yeah. it's like, well, they're all linked together. It's like. I don't want that. I don't want me to post something and have it like on everything else. It's like, you know, it gets crazy. Um, I'm on, um, I have a website, bonnieballgordon.net. Um, that, you know, it hasn't really been updated too much, but you know, it has stuff up there, like some videos of of me singing some things and some clips from adventure and, you know, little things like that, which is great. 
So I'm, I'm hanging in there. Cool. Hanging in there. Cool. I'm just, all I want to do is, uh, you know, my goal in life is just to make a, a living doing what I love. You know, I'm not in it for the fame. I'm not in it for the fortune. I think all that aspect of it is silly. And if that's why you pursue something like, you know, theater or anything in the arts, if you're going in it for that reason, then... You're not going to last it's that long. Not only long, that, yeah. it's it's not going to fulfill you. Right. It's, it's not right. going to fulfill yeah. you. You know, I, I would much rather do theatrical shows where I don't get paid anything than do some do a project where just I'm getting paid a lot of, of money right. where I'm not passionate about it. And right. You know what I mean? It's just not, it's not mm-hmm. worth it. So I'm hoping, you know, with the library bards and with mm-hmm. some voiceover stuff and everything, I can could pursue that as a as a career but in a way I can kind of create my own creative content and right. and not be um, tied down to you know the Hollywood scene mm-hmm. per se to where I can if I could basically if I could have Felicia Day's career I'd oh. be <laughs> I'd be set for yeah, life if I could yeah. make a living being a nerd yeah man yeah, yeah. isn't her story awesome right? I yeah, know man awesome. she's yeah. great she's an yeah. inspiration so, great. Like, so Felicia if you're listening Take me with you. <laughs> Take us all. To the stars. Uh, anything to recommend? Anything else? Or uh... yeah, there's this little cool thing that came out recently by uh, by Dark Horse Comics. It's called the Star Wars, and uh, it was created by J. W. Uh, Rizgler, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mangling his name. I don't know, but it's basically based on the um, rough draft of the movies. Mm-hmm. The guy got access to nice. Lucas's mm-hmm. uh, stuff, and he made you know. Sort of like the movie that that was going to be Star Wars before oh. they rewrote it. Some of those rough drafts were <clears throat> rough. Right. Yes, yes. I know. Oh man, this I... is cool though. And then the deluxe edition just came out. It's on Amazon. Under cool. a little under fifty dollars mm-hmm. and everything. It has nice. a book and all the issues and everything. Uh, other than that, I have well, started watching BBC Merlin again. It's a cool show. Yeah, I need to. I, I need to catch up on that. I used to watch that. It was a great show. Yeah, it's it's not it's not really based on the Arthurian legend. No, it's no. very loosely based. Very, yeah. very loosely. loosely based. But it's. I enjoyed it. I remember. I think I've. I think I've watched the first few seasons. But you know, then, like I moved and then lost Netflix and Hulu. You know, oh, now yeah. I'm starting to finally get everything back. I'm like, all right, I got Netflix now. I got this. I'm trying, <laughs> so I'm trying to catch up on. So much time. Yeah, I wish I wish they had like a app that consolidated all those streaming services. Into, right. You just log in into one point. You have your Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever. The yeah. third one. Uh, speaking of Hulu, it's it, this show's on Hulu. Is the Flash, the CW Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to see. That it's really good. It's really. Good. I almost teared yeah, up. I have a DVR. I have a DVR. Yeah, so watch it. It's incredible. It this week before cool. I leave for Milwaukee. Really like the. Cool. Yeah, that. And I just finished uh, all the misfits. Oh, oh, that show. I still it's, haven't it's, seen that. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so quirky. I just love it. It's yeah. so different. It's so different. It's yeah, mostly I've been watching old stuff, and uh, but the, you know, new Doctor Who and, and, and American Horror Story uh, freak show yeah, series. Eight of it just keeps getting better and better and better, and I, I just hope Capaldi is the Doctor for the next ten years. Oh, that'd be great. I just yeah, I, I, he's, I can't he's get enough of him. He's I just cannot. He's just a great actor all around. So oh yeah. He's, whenever they originally. You know, announced him. You know, so many people were like naysaying. You know, but it's it's like no. He's he was my first choice for actor. the new for the new doctor. Such a good actor, and you know, and I thought it was good that they put kind of an older doctor into it. You know, David Tennant was insanely amazing. Matt Smith brought his own uh, twist to it as well. But I feel like they needed that older, more mm-hmm. mature, avuncular, yeah, yeah, exactly you that know, word it that got, keeps getting banners around. That way, again. it's not just like the young, quirky, right. handsome fella. Right. 
You need some first episode. Capaldi says, "You know, I'm, I'm not your boyfriend," and that's the way Doctor Who should be. Yeah, is not anybody's boyfriend. No, there's there shouldn't be any romantic interest. In right. It. I think that's one of the reasons why Donna was always my favorite uh, companion. Right. She started out as my least favorite. The first the few bride, episodes, the, the runaway bride. Right. God, I hated her. I was like, oh, she's so annoying. Please get rid of Donna. Oh my <laughs> but god. But then she comes back, and, and then, then she it's comes just back, amazing. and she just blows it out of the water, and and. I was fi- I was like finally a companion that literally has no romantic interest in them at all. There's no sexual chemistry, oi, no oi, romantic back chemistry. Oi, spaceman! Yeah, she's yeah. basically just in it <laughs> to go. She's like, Let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved her. I was like, that's the kind of companion I want. Cool. A little mix of her and a little mix of Claire, just that way I can. Because she, you know, I think Donna was a little well, too obnoxious. I like, I like the my... fact that they've actually given Clara something to do this season, and, instead of just being the special girl. Yeah, Clara. And she's actually a person with a life, and and right. I like the way that they've really handled her. Right. And, and the show she's right so now is horrible. much more focused on her than the Doctor. Almost, they're, they're kind of framing her as like this really pivotal character. Yeah, in, oh yeah, yeah, in history. Yeah, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Bonnie, thanks very much. Oh, my and pleasure, this has been guys. great, and uh, we'd love to have you back on sometime once yeah. the once the the bard uh, well, takes yeah, off. Well, yeah, um, once we get some stuff moving with it, I'll bring Xander with me, and we can do a good double. Oh, that would be great. We could do a and double. We can kind of like give you guys maybe like a sneak peek, like great, see, like a little yeah, clip, like great. audio clip of some of the songs. Cool. I mean. It's going to be... I, I wish I could share more without giving so much away. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I'm just literally so... We're so excited about yeah. it. Cause the, the quality of the music. And, right. And we're... You know, we could rush it and get stuff out don't to everybody. It. No, don't rush but it. But we'd take much rather time. take our time and do make it, right. it perfect. Do it right. And make sure we do it right, you know, because it's, it's something we want to do very delicately where we want to make it so original but so... I don't know, just... It's going to be geek-tastic. Cool. That's all I can cool. say. I like that word. Geek-tastic. Yeah, geek well, uh, with that, uh, we will be back uh, next week. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Something2XP. We're Something2XP on iTunes and Something2XP on Facebook as well. Uh, please follow us. We'll be back next week with a special Halloween episode uh, j- for just in time for Halloween. And uh, with that, as we always say, please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Ash Jones and Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us online as Something2XP on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Email something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind. <laughs>